Enchanté. Hey world, you're listening to Globetrotter, the pod that puts the lover in travel lover. I'm your host, Cassie Martinez, and each week I trade tales with a slew of amazing adventurers who, like me, kiss and tell. I'm so excited for you guys to hear my conversation with one of my best friends and content creator, Misako Invella. My former roommate for over four years, Misako and I actually both took our first solo trips while living together in LA. She took the leap first, and I naturally followed after hearing all her juicy stories when she came back home. Fun fact, Misako was actually the first person to ever tell me what a hostel was. And I've kind of been hooked ever since. Coming in hot all the way from Mexico City, the place Misako has called home for the past two years, join us on this episode as we spill the tea on everything from first trip fails, travel heartbreak, and the courage to begin again in a new country. Stay tuned as well as Misako shares all her favorite Mexico City haunts, including everything from where to find the coolest queer rave in town to what coffee shop you should totally go to on your first Tinder date with that someone special. Cause yep, Tinder is actually cool in Mexico. The more you know, right? So buckle up and lift those tray tables, because Globetrotter is taking off. So Misako, where are you coming from today? I am phoning in live from Mexico City. I've been in Mexico City a year and a half now, which is crazy. Could you describe your neighborhood for us? What do you love about it? I live in Roma Norte. I live off of one of the main roads. I'm surrounded by like a lot of different shops and bars. Mm. And there are a lot of families in the part of Roma Norte that I live in specifically. So it's really lovely. And there are a lot of trees and there's a park where people like dance and it's just super lively. I love that. So as of this year, you are now officially a temporary resident of Mexico. Tell us a bit about your journey in Mexico so far. It's been the most like enriching, loving, healing experiences I've ever had in my life. Mm, I feel yeah. like more in alignment here than I have felt in any place ever. Yeah. Totally. And I see it. What was the catalyst that took you down south? It was a combination of things. I moved here September of 2020. So we're still, you know, in the height of the pandemic. And I just had gotten to a point where um, I'm from Los Angeles and I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I needed to leave. I went to high school in Pittsburgh, moved back, had been there for six, seven years. And I was just ready for something new. I was going through a breakup. The project that I was working on that required me to be on set every day had paused and... Yeah, I was just ready for something new. I was also like in LA for auditions, you know, to be in TV and commercials and that had stopped. And I realized like the things that were pulling me to the city were no longer factors and that I could leave. Mm. So I was just like, I think I'm ready to go. And I sold and gave away all my stuff. And that was very intentional because I didn't want to come back because my stuff was waiting for me. I wanted to come back because I wanted to or stay in where, wherever I decided to go because I wanted to stay. So I decided to start in Playa del Carmen after letting go of everything, which was so freeing and has really like helped me realize what matters to me. And after two months in Playa del Carmen, I had some friends who were like, we're going to go check out Mexico City. You should come. And so I just bought a ticket and mm. fell in love with it. Oh, my gosh. That's truly how some of the best plans really start, right? So on the topic of just packing a suitcase and moving to a new country, 
There are a lot of people who moved to Mexico post-pandemic. What are some of the more intentional and thoughtful actions folks can take when mindfully integrating into a new country like you did? I think first and foremost, making the effort to learn the native language is incredibly important. You don't have to be an expert as soon as you land. I don't think anyone is expecting you to like pick up the language immediately, but you have to make an effort to do that. And I think this is a very specific U.S. mindset, but we're not really encouraged the education system to learn another language. So we kind of grow up with this assumption that everyone just is going to learn English. And that's not the case. When you travel to other places, you should make the effort to learn the language, especially if you're planning to live there. And my next tip would be to research the customs and just like things about the city. An example that comes to mind is in Playa. And I know in Mexico City, when you go to the grocery store, a majority of the wage for the person that like bags your groceries comes from tips. So every time you go to the grocery store, you should be tipping the person that bags your groceries. And that's not something that you would know unless you like did research. And so I just think it's important to make sure you're doing your research. So you're respecting the community and supporting the local economies and being just as mindful as you can be, you know, like we shouldn't be just like barging through these cities without taking into consideration, like the needs of the people who live here. I remember as well from you, some like real, like Uber etiquette. (laughs) Do you want to share this one tip that you share with me all the time? Yeah, I have learned here that it's like super important not to slam the doors when you get out of the Uber. You know, these are these people's businesses and it's important to like respect the car and not be so rough with it. So don't slam the Ubers when you get out of your car in Mexico City or anywhere, really. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's like, oh, when she told me that, I was like, oh, my God, I should have just known that. But yeah. (laughs) So Mexico City is the sixth most populated city on the planet. It's a city that's always on and I think so often kind of gets compared to, you know, it's like the New York of Latin America or like Berlin. And so in that same vein, it has some of the best nightlife in the world. I'd love to hear what are some of your favorite places that you like to let loose? For sure. It's funny because right now and Cassie and I talk about this all the time, but like I'm in a sober month, but I still be going out (laughs) and My current favorite spot is called Seek. It's a nightclub in Juarez and it's like a queer space. So super queer friendly, but like obviously everyone is welcome. And it's just my absolute favorite place to go and dance. There are three different rooms um, and the music is just always on point. You can dance there till the morning. And I really like it because I feel like safe in those spaces. I find myself like, you know, you can dress up and wear whatever you want. No one's going to judge you or look at you like with a side eye. Everyone's just being themselves. And that energy is just so like warm and comforting. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Every time I go to Mexico City, I mean, even in the sober month, there will be a time and a place where we look at each other and it's like, it's 5 a.m., right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And like, it's just the thing. Nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong. Yeah. It's funny that you brought up sober month because that's giving me nostalgia for when we lived together. You and I did a dry January and then we just kept looking at each other and we're like, want to keep going? And then it ended up being May and we were sober for like nearly half a year. Right. Don't get me wrong. Like I love a good night out and partying and I think like it has its time and place, Mm -hmm. but I'm finding like right now with the things that I want to accomplish, like those hangover days don't really have a place. And that's the reason like I'm taking a little pause because it's like the little time that I have to maybe work on something that's important to me. Mm. I don't want to spend it like in bed, you know? Right. To everything, there is a season. And when we're in our grind mode, let's go. 
Right. And you know, I want to touch on as well, there was a period during our sober half year Mm -hmm. that you and I, like, we still were like, we still want to go out. Like, let's go. And so we started challenging ourselves. You and I remember, like, I asked myself, I was like, I wonder if I can go and flirt with that guy sober. Right. I wonder if I can go and, like, get that person's number. And those were the challenges that, like, I needed to do. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much that we can accomplish sober. And honestly, it made for a better story later. For sure. I am experiencing dating sober through this month. I've never really like dated Mm. period, but I'm like, you know, in that phase of my life and I'm sober dating and it is not easy. Like Mm. when you're so used to just reaching for that drink, not like I was getting wasted on dates, but just like having not only the confidence to just like, you know, keep this conversation flowing while I'm like so nervous sitting across from this person, but not just reaching for the drink to make someone else comfortable. Like it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah, for sure. And like tying this with travel, I think so often when we talk safety, when we're out and about or going on these first dates, if you can, you don't even have to have liquor in it. Meet up in the day. Maybe if you're going to introduce liquor, not until hours later or like a second date after getting to know this person a little bit more. Like these are the kind of things as well that will, one, make dating more intentional, but then also at the same time, like have you feeling a little bit more grounded and safe? Yeah, you are the one that like, taught me the concept of a coffee date as a first date, which like I knew was a thing, but I don't think I like had the confidence to do. And I Mm. recently did it and I'm like, hell yeah, this is a new standard. I think it starts the date off on a way more respectful foot or the interaction. And also you are getting to know the person for, you know, who they are in the daylight (laughs) sober. Yes. And speaking of Mexico city has like the best venues for dates, right? Like, some of the best coffee shops, cutest brunch spots. And, you know, I think sometimes I'll get asked tips. Well, they said that they want to meet up at a bar. And I was like, well, this is a moment and an opportunity, you know, an activity where we can strengthen the voice. Like I have sat there in a bumble back and forth and they say something like, oh man, I would love to take you for a drink. And I was like, well, how do you feel about a coffee instead? Keep it light, keep it fun, you know, and see how they respond. That reaction is like super telling as well. You want to like interact with someone who who wants to meet you on that level, in my opinion. So true. If they X themselves out before even the coffee date happens, well, good. Right. You know, I saw a TikTok of yours where you were talking about Tinder outside of the States. Mm-hmm. You want to put us on game? Let me tell y'all, <laughs> I was playing myself on these other apps. Tinder is where it's at outside of the U.S. because there's just like such a diverse selection of people. Mm. And I'm I'm just comparing it to my experience in LA where I felt like pretty disposable on the apps. And I think that's just a product of online dating, but I don't really feel that way with dating on Tinder. I feel like people pretty much Tinder here. I feel like people pretty much follow through with what they say and mm. don't just drop off of conversations and are open to meeting new people versus like in LA, it didn't feel as as open. Right. Yeah. Especially as a a woman of color, like Mm. our experience on these apps are very different. Right. Yes. And you bring up a good point that it varies like region by region. Right. And honestly, like I don't play around with Tinder, but you're, you're such an advocate that I might just. Girl, get on there. I was on Hinge for a little bit, but it felt like I was just seeing the guys I would have seen in LA or New York. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So you've recently entered your raver era. Welcome. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Happy to be here till 8 a.m. I'd love to hear about Mexico's rave scene. Okay, I don't want to claim an expert. I've literally, (laughs) because I think that that's like a whole culture that people have spent a lot of time exploring and doing their research about. I've gone to a couple of the same like party here. It's called Pervert. It's another like queer friendly rave. And it's just like the most fun time ever. It takes place in an old jail in the middle of Mexico. And it's just like, wear what you want, dance however you want, wear whatever makeup you want. And no one is going to like bat an eyelash. Mm. The music is incredible. They have DJs that come from all over. This rave actually travels, but man, I was like, that feels like a very intentional style of partying that like I can do sober, drunk. Mm. I just really, really loved the environment. That makes such a difference. Like if you're at a bar where people aren't really talking to you and that's not fun, but here you can make friends and be who you are. Right. Yeah. And rave culture is all about that plur baby, peace, love, unity, and respect. And truly like, I mean, you talk about like rave scenes all over the world, particularly in Europe, like it's totally normal to go alone. Right. People respect your space. You're never going to have your ass grabbed. Like, check, check, check. I had a moment at the last one I went to where I was feeling like super tense in my body. And then my mind, I like just like calmed down. And I was like, you're safe here. You're not mm-hmm. at like mm-hmm. a club where maybe someone's going to be gross towards you. And you're in a very actual, like probably one of the safest party environments that you've been in in a long time, relax. And like, I totally, my shoulders dropped and had such a better time. Right. Yeah. No, I've woken up to a WhatsApp text with a picture of this Masako in leather. And I'm like, (laughs) get it, get it, girl. So much fun. And I've always meet the most like awesome people and, Mm. and we actually stay in touch. And it's just like people from all over too, not just Mexico. and, And it's so fun. Right. You bring up a good point. We actually stay in touch. That's ravers for you. Kind souls. For sure. As life is all about balance, what are some of your favorite places in the city to slow down and unplug? Oh, this is a great question. My favorite place in the city is Bosque de Chapultepec, you know, the, the big park. I love to just like take a long walk through there and just like take in all of the beauty of that park. It's ginormous. Or like go to an exhibit. You know, there's so many like art exhibits popping Mm. up all the time. Take a little stroll through there. And then maybe just like take myself to a cafe, like Quentin Cafe. Just sit with my journal and my matcha and just write it out. There's so many places to unplug. Yes, yes. So you're actually headed out of town at the end of the month for a spiritual retreat. What part of Mexico will you be visiting? I'm going to Tepos, which is like north... And it's my first yoga retreat. I'm going with one of my best, probably like my best friend in Mexico City. Her name is Sarah. I was like, watch it. Watch (laughs) it. (laughs) In Mexico City. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I had to clarify. And it's actually her aerial yoga teacher um, is the one leading it. And it's at this beautiful space. And I am so excited. It's for three days. And it's going to be a combination of aerial and regular yoga. And it's all plant-based I learned that there's like not even any alcohol on the property or caffeine. So it's going to be a a major detox. We're going to do cacao ceremony. And I'm just so stoked for it. Yes. That sounds amazing too. And it sounds so doable. Three days. That's a weekend recharge. Get back to life. 
do it again. Let's go. I have a feeling I will be immediately hooked. Yes. Masako and I get into this quite often, but like just keeping ourselves open-minded to like so many different types of travel. And as we've said before in this, like follow what feels good in the body. Right. And these weekend retreats or the week-long retreat, like I did in Costa Rica for New Year's, like damn, did that feel good in the body? Right. How has that like changed you today, that experience? Ooh, good question. I mean, there's just so much more of a connection to the body, Mm. right? Like we can think of how, like when we were talking about our time together in LA and how you feel so much more aligned now more than ever, like that's a knowing, right? Right. And like when we cultivate, you know, that connection to our bodies, to our inner knowing through retreats or through like spiritual little practices we do when or when not traveling, that connection gets tighter. For sure. Like I know, I know this, this decision doesn't feel right inside I know what feels good and I know what doesn't feel good. So I'd say that that first and foremost. And then secondly, just like you get that sixth sense for like, okay, cool. What other things do I want to try when traveling? Like what other retreats are coming up or, you know, flipping a stone over and seeing what's there instead of just kind of the beaten path. Right, right. So many different ways to travel. Like, yeah, I have a feeling this is going to become one of my new favorite ways to explore a city. Amazing. So Masako, you're actually the first person that introduced me to hostels. I remember you took a three month long backpacking trip through Europe and you quit your job to do it. I'd love to hear about that trip. Just like looking back on it now. Looking back on it now, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to, you know, leave a job and explore. That's such a privilege. And I'm just grateful that I had the support of like my friends and family and was brave enough to do it. I just got my passport a few months before. So I was just like, this is the time. I think we also had made friends with people who were in the travel space, Damon and Joe, who like really just like opened our mind up to what we could experience and see. Um, So I was ready. I feel like the trip would have been way more different if I had the mindset I do now. I feel like I wasn't as confident on that trip as I would have liked to be. And I look back on like how much I held myself back. I still learned so much about myself and I wouldn't trade that experience for the world, but I, I did hold myself back in a lot of ways. And I was traveling with my best friend at the time and I was like comparing my experiences to her experiences. And, Mm. you know, she's getting all this attention from like potential romantic partners and she seems to be having so much more fun and what's wrong with me and just really getting in my own head in my own way. But I also realized like what I'm capable of and Mm. that, taking a leap can teach you so much about yourself and that it's possible to just like restart your life. And sometimes it's necessary. Yes. Yes. Fortune favors the bold. It really Mm -hmm. does. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that first trip. You wouldn't trade it for the world, but you can look back. And I think it's tempting in that moment to look back and Like, oh, I would have done this different and that. And then that's that moment for compassion of like, I did the best I knew how. Right. And I actually grew better from it. Right. You know, it takes the doing. Right. For sure. I mean, I got to see so many beautiful places and like experience 
being in a hostel for a first time. It's nothing mm. like that scary movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. The part of that trip that really left an impact on me was, because I mentioned I was traveling with one of my best friends. She went home early, so we went our separate ways the last month of the trip. And that was really when I like stepped into my power and was like, oh my God, I can be a magnet for positive things too. And people want to hang out with me too. And I can mm. stay in a hostel and make friends. So yeah. Yes, that's huge, right? I think when we do group trips, even if it's just me and my bestie, like we have these assigned roles, like I'm the funny one or I'm the this or whatever. And we're the ones clinging to that. That's an ego. I mean, I was watching Damon's most recent video in Guatemala and he makes friends with this chick that's all about like astral projecting and the ego and all this stuff. And she talks about how like the ego we're so tied to it. It's like literally like a column that we're holding on for dear life in a flood. We're like, no, this is my identity, right? And what solo travel is so magical at doing is you can release it. And then you're like, oh my God, I survived. Right. And not only did I survive, I'm now thriving, but oh my gosh, I found myself even to this day, like in a dynamic where, oh, like if I did that, if I got up over there and I asked that guy to dance and he said no, and then the group saw like, well, what the fuck? But you know, when you're solo, you're just like, I got nothing to lose. Yeah, I feel like that's not a dynamic that gets talked about enough with like traveling with friends. But it's like you said, it's your own like ego and things that you're clinging on to. Ooh, yes. Not to underestimate the flack that you can actually get from your real friends too. Right. Like I'm telling you that like it is very much a lot of it is imagined, but a, some of it is not imagined. And, you know, when dynamics change in friendships, that can really actually test the validity of them. Like, are you cool with me standing on my own like the superstar I am? Right. Period. Do you have any tips for having that kind of conversation when you do want to separate in your own ways, like amicably, lovingly. I think this is a really good conversation to actually have before the trip, like just expressing to the person you're traveling with, like, hey, I'm really open to whatever this trip brings. At some point, I may want to go off and like explore on my own. Is that something that you're comfortable with? Because there's nothing worse than expecting you're going to be on your own or expecting you're going to be with someone an entire trip and you guys have different agendas. So I think setting that expectation at the beginning is super important. Yes, so true. Expectations, expectations, but healthy ones. Yeah. And like, if you don't like going on group trips, if you don't like traveling with people and you're traveling with someone that maybe hasn't solo traveled before and is expecting to be with you, maybe that's not like the best dynamic because- it doesn't feel good to be on the receiving end of that either, you know? Mm, yes. And even in micro ways too, like I mostly travel solo, but every now and then I'll find myself in a group dynamic just with people I've even met through an experience or a hostel. And I'm like, hmm, I want to get out of this. Or I just want to go back to my bunk bed and recharge. Mm -hmm. You literally can just walk away. That's okay. I'm really trying to live the, the expression like you don't owe anyone anything, not in a disrespectful way. But you came to this place to have your unique experience and that's what you're there to do. Right. I love that we talked about that. So your content, which everybody should check out, is all about sharing wisdom that you've learned along your way that might just help someone else on their journey. On that topic, what is some wisdom you would tell young Misako or really any first time solo traveler about to embark on their first trip? 
So this actually is like a full circle moment because it's kind of what we talked about in the beginning. I think this is applicable to like solo travelers, but also anyone who's like thinking about moving to a new place on their own. You can always go back. I remember an old boss told me this before I went on my Euro trip. She was like, you can always come back. LA is not going anywhere. Your family mm. will be here. And that really shifted my entire mindset when it came to travel and moving to other places because it's true. Like if you really get to a place and you're not having a good time on a trip or a move, you can always go back. And so that's what I would tell my younger self and anyone else who's embarking on their first solo trip. Like you get to a place, you're really not having a good time after a couple of days. You can always go home. Yes. Yes. I so am with you. Sometimes I'll even like check into a new place, a new hostel, Airbnb, and it's, it's not jiving. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to exit and I've got the right. And Honestly, I love that advice too, because on the flip side, that helps combat FOMO. That is my weak link. That is my Achilles heel. Mm. (laughs) She knows after living me, I don't know how many Friday nights would roll on by and I'm like, we're not doing anything tonight. Are you sure we're not doing anything tonight? (laughs) I also think that that is a product because I don't think you feel it as much now. I think that's a product of like being exhausted by corporate America. Like you feel like you have to take advantage of your time off because you're about to go back into the cycle. And so like, yeah. So true. So true. And that advice of you can always go back. Say you feel like I've got to get it all in tonight. You know, I get back from this snorkeling adventure at seven and we got to get in the ferry and then we got to this like breathe, slow down. Remember one, like Masako just said, you can always go back. What's for you will not miss you. Right. And just breathe. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've lost my balance because I think, oh my God, like pub crawl starts at this time. I'm still sweaty. I need a shower. It's so important. And we talked about this earlier to listen to your body. Like, are you going to this thing or taking this trip or going on this excursion Mm. because it's something that you're really feeling called to do, or you just feel like you have to check something off your trip? Because if that's the case, you might go on it and be miserable. And who wants that? So true. What about the wisdom that you would give young Masako on her return back to the States? I would tell my younger self to be more kind to myself. And it's okay if everything doesn't fall into place immediately, that it wasn't a mistake to take a leap just because coming back, you weren't immediately able to get a job because that was a huge Mm -hmm. part. And I know you remember like, I was broke for a long time after I came back because I went through my savings and couldn't find work. But to just like not be so hard on myself to mm. to remember the beautiful, expansive experience that I just had. Right. Yes. The trusting. I get it. When the bills are due and you're looking back at your photos, you're like, oh, that's when I overdrafted. I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. <laughs> yep. But like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But yeah, just to be patient. Yes. I love that. So I want to leave the audience with a truth bomb that you shared with me the other day about daring ourselves to go back to the places and cities where our heart might have just been broken and creating new memories, new narratives. I think the world needs to hear this download from you. Yes. So the first place that I ever traveled to was Paris. I traveled there because I had met a guy and he was my quote unquote boyfriend. It wasn't a relationship looking back, but that's what we called it. And we ended up not working out. And for a while I was like, I felt like I couldn't go back to that city 
like he owned it and mm. like there was so much pain there. I didn't want to return. And I went back for actually like a work opportunity. This is after we had broken up. And I was like, I love this city because I love this city because it was the first place I traveled to because I love like sitting outside a bakery and the friends that I had made here, not because of this person. He doesn't own this mm. place. I can come back here and not interact with him at all and love the city as much as I did before. And that really helped me realize like these people don't own these places don't let them like keep you from visiting a place that you love. Oh, yes, that is so true. You dropped that wisdom on me when I really needed it. And it's the truth. We can't let old memories keep you from from making new ones. Exactly. Get out there. Get out there. I know it's tough, though. Like you go to a city and you want to like have that type of experience again, maybe. But you can have new ones and meet new people and have even more fulfilling experiences. That is so true. Again, be gentle. Like healing takes time, baby. It does take time. And you don't have to rush back to a place just to prove to yourself that like you can be there too. Go when you feel ready, but don't stay away because you don't feel like you can go. Mm, Yes. Honestly, an overarching theme of this episode with you has been follow what feels good. When it feels good to go back, like you had that amazing opportunity to come your way. It was aligned. It felt good. Mm-hmm. Cause this, this can backfire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. You think you're going to have a cute little moment left on red. Ah. I'm not going to act above. Like, did I text him? Maybe I did, but I realized I was like, I don't need this. And I corrected Yes. Real eyes, real lies, real lies. I get it. (laughs) Honestly, who hasn't, who hasn't put out like a cute little thirst trap with a location tag and been like, do you see I'm in your town? Oh yeah. There's definitely a Drake song for this. Yep. Well, on that note, Misako, do you have any creative projects coming up that people should check out? As a matter of fact, I do. I just put out my third episode, fourth episode coming this Sunday of my series called Misako in Mexico. It's like vlog style, but just showcasing my life here. Each episode has a different theme and it's something that I've wanted to put out for a while. So I'm finally glad I like pushed through my perfectionism and just put it out there. So you can go check that out on youtube.com slash Misako and Bella. Yes, going to drop a link to that in the episode description. You guys should definitely check it out and subscribe. But thank you, Masako. I'm so glad we were able to have one of our girl talks here for the world to hear. Thank you for having me. I love anytime I get to talk to you. Enchanté. To get your daily dose of Misako, follow her across social media at Misako Inbella. Don't forget to subscribe to her YouTube channel as well for weekly wisdom and a peek into her life in Mexico. Now, if you aren't already a member of the Globe Thought or Facebook group, I have just one question for you. What are you waiting for? Bursting with globe thotties all over the world, it truly is a party over there, and you're invited. Our Facebook group is a private space to ask all your travel cues, swap stories, and meet up with other adventurers on your wavelength. The Facebook group is also the first to hear about any trips I've got coming up, and how you can join me. So, to join the squad, all you gotta do is search Globe Thotter Travel Gang on Facebook. The link is also in this episode's description. Let's wrap things up with a juicy voicemail straight off the Globetrotter hotline. This steamy story takes place at a glitzy new resort tucked away in the Bahamas that just so happens to have a dance club right on the property. Yeah, I'm packing my bags already. (laughs) 
So this past summer, me and my girlfriend went to the Bahamas. We've never been there. We didn't really think much. We were just trying to go for like a chill five, six day trip to the beach. But we end up finding this resort called Baja Mar. It's a beautiful resort that just got built. There's a casino inside. There's live music. And after a few drinks, we meet some people. And these people are like, hey, you know, there's like a club, right? for people here at the resort. And we're like, no way. And so we go to this club that's only allowed for residents at this resort. And we get in, it's like two in the morning. My friend ditches me for a guy and I'm just there at the bar talking to this 40 year old dude who's really nice by the way. And all of a sudden I feel someone kind of like grab me by the side at the bar and I look over and it's this cute, tall Latin boy. He was from Venezuela and we went to the garden. Um, we get a little flirty. And next thing I know, we're at his apartment. We're on his balcony and we're pretty much making love under the Bahama sky. Inspired to share your own epic travel story on the Globetrotter hotline? All you gotta do is go to speakpipe.com slash globethotter or click the link in this episode's description to leave an up to 90 second voicemail detailing your travel tale. A quickie, if you will. Want to stay anonymous? No name is required to leave a voicemail. Till next time, I'm Cassie Martinez. Cassie Martinez.